From the front office to the hard-hitting action on the field, breaking down all the NFL's biggest headlines, week-by-week game previews to get you ready for each football Sunday. Every division, every conference, and all 32 teams. We've got you covered. This is the Gridiron on tap. Gridiron on tap podcast. I am Danny. And I am Brandon. Dramatic pause for effect. Because Brandon, it's here. The final week of the regular season is upon us. And games start tomorrow. Another super Saturday of NFL action, Brandon. How excited are you? Give me a number, one to ten, Brandon. Just come on, hit me with it. Uh, I've got to say a nine. Um, I'm, I would say I'd say it's a nine, uh, just because one, we have Saturday football, which I love when we have Saturday football. We've got NFL tomorrow, um, NFL Sunday, and just you know, there's going to be a lot of shuffling in the standings this, after this week, and you, you love to see it. You love to see a good competitive week of football. You absolutely do. And as we are recording, per usual, Brandon, breaking news, and I don't want to sound like we're beating a dead horse. However, it's related to one Antonio Brown, who was not claimed off of waivers by any team, which is actually kind of surprising. You know, there was some buzz that there were going to be some teams that are interested in him, but I think that there's got to be some teams, first of all. I mean, you, you've got the whole running off of the field with his shirt off and distractions and, you know, not being a great teammate. You've got that whole aspect. But there's also an ankle injury that he pointed to it as a reason he couldn't get into the game. So I Correct. think that, you know, between the ankle, between the scene that he caused last week, and not only that, but man, learning a playbook this quickly for a turnaround for a playoff push. That's a lot to to try to take in um, to claim him on waivers. It it really is. It's um, I mean, he's got what torn ligaments, broken bones in his ankle. Perhaps. I mean, <laughs> right. you know, this is this is not video yet. It will be soon, and you guys could have seen our reactions. But yeah, it's 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 crazy to me that. Here you are as you're trying to get picked up by another team, but you're also at the same time saying, I wasn't able to play for the remainder of the season because my ankle was so messed up. Well, he put himself in a really tough spot because, you know, if you don't cause the scene, maybe let's say he keeps his clothes on and stays on on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. Then there's no speculation. There is no questioning of him being 
Well, maybe, I mean, maybe they questioned him being a good or bad teammate for not going into the game. But if you just point your ankle and say you're not right, I, I doubt that any team players on your team are going to question your ability to play. You know, these guys are all mm-hmm. highly tuned athletes that are competitive. I mean, they got there from a competitive edge that most people cannot even understand. And so with him, you know, if he just sits down and just says, hey, ankle's no good, it's a no-go, then I think, you know, maybe he does get picked up and and then another team puts him through a medical evaluation before signing him or something like that. But then you 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 compound that with taking the shirt off and, and doing jumping jacks in the end zone. Now all of a sudden we've got a multi-pronged approach as to, okay, one, if we've got a locker room that's in sync and really just hitting their stride, how do we bring this guy in? And two, I I, I mean it's gotta be a desperation play at best. And then you hope oh, yeah. he's a he's a good citizen when he comes in. So I don't know. I it, to me, I thought it was far fetched um, when I thought that there were going to be teams lining up around the block for him. But you know, I, I do think somebody makes a play for him this offseason. Well, you know, Bruce Arian said in his press conference yesterday that Antonio Brown is a, he he could see he was a changed man. He saw that he was trying to fit in, that he was trying to be a better person, and that his image and perception of Antonio Brown completely changed from what it used to be during their time together as uh, members of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. So that's a vote of confidence from Bruce Arians. But then at the same time, you have Jason Light in a press conference yesterday that says, well, I mean... Yeah, we scheduled two appointments at doctors for Antonio Brown. Uh, we were going to put him on injured reserve and pay him for the remainder of the season. And then come to find out, he's talking about they did this after the outburst anyway. You know, so I, I feel like a lot of the information is being uh, mis misinterpreted by fans. And I think that's where a lot of the a lot of it stems from. I'm still on the fence on saying I'm not on the fence, but I, I'm still out on record saying that I still believe all sides look bad. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that, you know, at very least, this is a polarizing situation. And you saw people. It, it was interesting to me how quickly you saw people jump to the defense of each side. And mm-hmm. because. Really, there was no context other than what you see. And, you know, you got to love when people make opinions about what's seen on TV because you know that there's a director that's going around and looking for the best shot at any given time. You know, those shots are for ratings. And I mean, granted, (laughs) I I wouldn't expect anybody to pan away from Antonio Brown doing jumping jack shirtless in the end zone. But, (laughs) um, you know, at that same time, he did make some pretty big accusations in terms of what was injected into his ankle and, you know, some of these other things. And I think that it it gets dangerous if you start to give the NFL the benefit of the doubt. And we talked about their track record in the past, but the fact of the matter is, is these guys, that some of the things that these guys go through to get on the field on Sundays, it, it would make, 
most normal people get ill. I mean, I, I can't think, you know, you, you think about the medications that some of these guys get hooked on after their career and, you know, the painkillers and things like that. And I, that's a dark road. So I don't want to go there, but I'm just saying that you have to have that sort of context in mind when you see certain things. But on the other side of the spectrum, Antonio Brown is no saint. Now, we've seen it, you know, off the field things, different things he's done. He's been jettisoned out of multiple cities at this point now. So I think that to make a rash judgment from really two different parties that neither of which have a clean slate, I think that's always tough to do. You can't just, you know, jump up and say, boom, you know, point the finger as you're watching it on TV, in my opinion. I'm I'm 100% with you. Um, I have two points that I'd like to make before I stop talking and wasting more of our podcast airtime on um, a free agent now. First of all, if his ankle was well, if it was well documented and well known that his ankle was that bad that he was unable to go. Do you mean to tell me that Mike Evans and OJ Howard were telling him, stop being a bum play on your broken ankle when they were trying to convince him to not leave the game on Sunday? I mean, that's those shots are as clear as day. Mike Evans walked over there two times. You cannot tell me that Mike Evans walked up to Antonio Brown and said, Hey, I know your ankle's broken, but I don't care. We need you. You can't tell me that he was trying to convince him to play on a busted ankle, Brandon. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you, and I think that you know this 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 story. We're not seeing the end of it here. I think that we're going to continue to see more things come out because it t- it was surprising to me how long it took the Bucks to release any sort of statement or response after Antonio Brown did what he did and then released his statement because you know. Silence a lot of times is an admission of guilt. And you and you and I were texting about this. And you and I kind of, you know, we had two different sides. I mean, ultimately we see pretty similarly in the situation. But, you know, for me, I, I always think it's the these franchises have so much more at stake than an individual player. An individual player has their finances, and that's pretty much it. But yep. The, the franchise itself has to answer for however many other players are within the franchise and then the fan base that's going to be buying tickets and supporting them or whatever. So when they didn't come out with anything to kind of protect their side of the story, it, it made me it did make me think for a second, but then, you know, it you could see fairly quickly that they were they they were probably approaching it from multiple different angles in that, you know, Antonio Brown may or may not have some mental illnesses as well. And they're probably trying to support him from that angle. And I don't know. I I think that there's going to be more that comes out before this story completely resolves. Well, and, you know, before I even get into my last point on that, what about the – Instagram model or OnlyFans, whatever this this chick was that he smuggled into the hotel into the team hotel, which was a hundred percent against league rules and team rules, and then she posts all you know all the the screenshots of what he's saying to her, and then posts that she tested positive for COVID and he was with her the night before. 
once again well and and you'll never find me saying that Antonio Brown is got the work ethic of Tom Brady I mean you look at some of these guys around the NFL and they are singular singularly focused easy for me to say um and on winning right and Mm -hmm. I don't know that Antonio Brown has ever been that guy even when he was you know the jovial guy who was smiling from ear to ear in Pittsburgh. He loved the camera time and and he loved the showmanship of the NFL. And right. So you know, I I just think, you know, he's he he was living his best life until he wasn't. So then my last point that I wanted, this was the actual second point that I had was I don't even remember where I was going with this point. Oh, actually, I do. Hold on. I have a I have a physical number. So the New York Jets at home this season, Brandon, have averaged seventy one thousand six hundred and seventy six fans in attendance. Okay. Okay. You mean to tell me that Bruce Arians stormed over to Antonio Brown to yell at him, did a little finger throat slash, and nobody in that stadium got that on their phone? Well, can can I even add to your point there? So the NFL, so these NFL teams just print money based on their television deals, right? Mm-hmm. And as such, you've got these TV, um, all of these different groups and everything else. There are cameras all over the place in a given NFL stadium at any time. You're going to tell me that none of these cameras caught that? Right. I know there's security cameras on the benches too. Yeah. I. So I, I, I'm with you. I think that, you know, it, it was clear that Antonio Brown, after quitting you know, regardless, he says he was he was cut. He was not. You cannot be formally cut. There was not paperwork drafted up on the sidelines, so he was not cut on the sidelines. Was he threatened to be cut? Potentially, you know, but he was not cut at that point in time. So he did quit on his teammates. You cannot tell me that with him quitting on his teammates, it can be. Uh, it's it's just such a uh, like I said I I think that this is going to there's going to be so much more that comes out um, because I think that he had to do damage repair um, on on everything that he did you know even if you do quit go to the locker room take your stuff off you, you don't need yeah. to parade through the end zone so he had to do some character rehabilitation and I think that that prompted the statement that he made and maybe that's why Tampa Bay sat back and didn't release one until later. Yeah. It's, um, it's just a weird situation. Like I said, to me, all sides look bad and I will post on my, I'll post it on my Twitter because that seems to be where I have the most trolls. I'm the proud (laughs) owner of an Antonio Brown autographed football that I purchased. I am a huge Antonio Brown fan. I want the best for Antonio Brown. I've been a fan of his since before he broke out in Pittsburgh. He went to Central Michigan. I mean, come on. You probably saw him play in college, too, living where you are. 
you know. Yeah. So, quick, quick trivia. Can you name two no. NFL <laughs> all pros? Well, we've already named one. Who is another NFL player? Big hint. He's coming off of IR this week. That went to Central Michigan. He's coming off of IR this week. Correct. Mm. I know. I know. I know it. But I, it's it's right there. But yep. So JJ Watt was actually a tight end at Central Michigan University. No if you can way. That. Yeah. Before transferring I did not to know Idaho. That. Yep. Or Iowa transferring to Iowa. I think it just said Idaho. He did not transfer to Idaho. <laughs> the old potatoes. That's right. <laughs> oh, good lord! All right, we've got some football to talk about, Brandon. Um, there's not too many games with implications. You know, maybe some seating changes can change around, but I mean, this is not going to be the playoff preview show. Brandon and I are going to dedicate an entire the entire show to. Just previewing the pre- the previewing. Let me try that one last time without even editing it out for comedic relief. <laughs> we are going to have an entire episode previewing the playoffs next week. Playoffs? Brandon, you want to talk about playoffs? <laughs> no, not this week. That's going to be next week, folks. First on the menu for Saturday football. 4.30 p.m., Kansas City Chiefs are going to Denver to take on the Broncos. Chiefs are favored by 11 and probably not playing anybody at this point because I don't believe uh, they could even take over the Titans even if they win because the Titans beat them head-to-head this season. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that this game you're going to see the Chiefs trot out, you know, just guys that maybe need to get work on some things, get some extra reps. Um, they're, they're playing the Drew Locke-led Denver Broncos. So I think that even with them trotting out a skeleton crew, I think that they're going to roll. I have 100%. Um, interesting game Saturday night, Brandon. I am interested in this game. 8-15 kickoff, 11-5 Dallas Cowboys, NFC East showdown as they head out to Philadelphia to take on the seven, nine and seven Philadelphia Eagles. And here, what's interesting to me is the Eagles actually, if the Eagles win and the 49ers lose, because 49ers play the Rams, if 49ers lose, they're going to swap spots and the Saints actually could sneak into the playoffs. So this game has some cool implications and it doesn't even affect the Dallas Cowboys one, one bit. It does. And that's so these are what's going to be these are the types of games that are going to be interesting this week because Dallas doesn't have much to play for, but yet Philadelphia does. So Mm -hmm. if Dallas sits anybody or, you know, really just kind of goes through the motion in this game and and basically waves a white flag and and allows Philadelphia to win, it makes you wonder how many of these teams are going to get into the playoffs or, or how these standings are going to shake up based on just people that have already predetermined paths. Yeah. So here's the interesting spin, right? So you would assume if you're looking at the three games that we just highlighted, you assume Dallas is going to beat Philly. You would assume that new Orleans is going to beat Atlanta. And you would assume that the Los Angeles Rams who have announced that they will be playing all of their starters. You assume that they are going to beat the 49ers. Right. 
Right. What that does, if the game, if these three games play out the way that they should play out, San Francisco's done. New Orleans sneaks into the seventh seed. Philly moves up to the sixth seed. Dallas stays four. Yeah, absolutely. But you're starting to see things already. Like if you look at the Dallas Cowboys injury report, Trevon Diggs, illness is questionable questionable to play Saturday versus the Eagles. Micah Parsons, out. Cowboys head coach, (laughs) right. Mike McCarthy said, uh, Micah Parsons' illness will not be available. You know, and it makes you wonder – with these new guidelines and things like that, how many of these guys are just being thrown on the injury report just to get them out of the game so that they can have a breather going into the playoffs? Not actually COVID related. Just saying, no, popped positive COVID test. Got to keep them away. <laughs> when you're, you know, if you really need to play football, pop in Madden. You know, hit the sticks a little bit, but yeah, don't actually come. Don't don't play. Stay away from the team. We really got to sell this. Yeah. It's like a WWE angle. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm because it's interesting because they're both marks. So Michael Parsons and, and Trevon Diggs, Jaron J- Curse as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, all these guys are getting added to the injury report late. But in terms of um, Parsons and Diggs specifically, they both have illnesses, but were not added to the reserve COVID-19 list. So mm-hmm. is it flu? Is it... You know, <laughs> I mean, if it's COVID, it depends on who you ask because COVID's flu, right? Well, like right. That, <laughs> yeah. That's been the narrative for the longest time. And we're not going to go down that road, Brandon. <laughs> I thought you were dragging us down there. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, I, I'm assuming you're you're on the Dallas train for this game as well. Or do you think Philly's going to uh, stick it out? Because they're even if Philly loses, if... There's no formula where Philly doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah, I I, I think so. I, I think that Dallas does pull this out. Once again, man, this 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 week is going to be so tough just in terms of who's suiting up, who's playing the games, and and how much effort we see. Um but yeah, I, I I've got Dallas probably by, I don't know, a field goal or so. So if you're if you're Philadelphia, and I guess we're I guess we're jumping head first into this, Brandon. If you're Philadelphia, you're either gonna go at LA or at Tampa. Who do you want? Oh, at LA. Probably LA. Um yeah. I, I think who, who do you want to send you home in the first round? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I think that <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I think that LA would probably be the team that I'd want to go against the most because if you're if you're Philadelphia, you're only allowing 229 yards through the air. And so mm-hmm. if you can continue to play to that level in the passing game and you're only allowing 100 yards on the ground, I I think that there's there's, you know, a bigger a better path there. I I think that Tom Brady is such a cognitive quarterback and just so cerebral in how he operates his offense. He's going to, whatever you're doing against the passing game is not going to matter against Tom Brady. No. Matthew Stafford, however, has, is it four pick sixes on the year? Yeah, not great, Brandon. Yeah, I mean, so. Not great. So if you have any sort of defense, any sort of pass rush, any ability to break up the passing game, 
I think Matthew Stafford's the guy you want to go against. Yeah, because, I mean, if there's anything that we know about Matthew Stafford from his time in Detroit is that he plays big when he doesn't necessarily need to, and he kind of plays a little smaller when he needs to step up bigger. And that's not a knock on him. It's just that it, it's just that's what happens. And from and that's just based off of what we know from him not playing on a fully complete team for basically his entire career here in Detroit, right? Where we, how many times would he have a great game and they would still lose because the defense gave up forty five points? You know, like there there were certain factors that he couldn't control, like. Through he threw for four touchdowns. Like guys, what, what what more do you want from him? Come on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I mean, there's some of that, but but here's what I'd say to that, Danny. I, he's throwing four pick sixes this year with a defense that is more than supportive and, and in big moments too. So, you know, I I do agree with you. He when the lights turned on, it seems like he shrunk a little bit in Detroit and. You know, on a, on your normal one o'clock week seventeen game against Minnesota, when both teams are out of the playoffs already, he puts up four hundred fifty yards and eight touchdowns. You know, eight touchdowns maybe a little much, but you, you get what I'm saying here. And I think that this year, though, there are some flaws. We remember him being on the front page of the news in Los Angeles questioning whether they needed to move on or whether they should have moved on from golf. So I think that there, I agree with you there, there is a lot to, you know, the, the stats that he put up in Detroit, but I think that this guy can be rattled in big games and don't get me wrong. He, he can make throws in tight windows in, in, you know, when he's on the field too. And we've seen that. But I think my point is, is when with Matthew Stafford, there's at least, you know, a dichotomy, you know, you're going to get one or the other Tom Brady. Once again, he's a, he's, you know what you're getting and he's the goat for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Let's be, you know, let's be real. (laughs) Yep. Uh, uh, first game on the Sunday slate, Brandon, uh, 10 and six in uh, Cincinnati Bengals are going to Cleveland to take on the seven and nine already eliminated Cleveland Browns. Uh, we will not have Joe Burrow on the field. He is, he texted Brandon Allen and said, tag, you're in. <laughs> that was his legitimate text. Right. Um, we know Baker Mayfield is probably not going to play because he's probably going to be assaulting some Cleveland Browns reporters <laughs> at some point before kickoff. Uh, but yeah, Browns are already eliminated. Uh, Bengals are clearly resting for the playoffs. Still, I, I don't see... I honestly, I probably see Cleveland winning this game because I would imagine Cincinnati is just going to be resting too many of their players, and that's the way that the chips will fall. They already won the AFC North. Whatever. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see physicality from Cincinnati, or I'm sorry, from Cleveland. Um, just you know, as one last hurrah, you know, to to beat up some bodies. I think that uh, with with them resting Burrow and probably most everybody else. I think, you know, Cleveland gets a, a win that I guess is a little notch under their belt before they ride into the offseason where they let go of Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I'm 
Here, I honestly, I feel like on if I am Cincinnati, I want to lose this game anyway because I would I I would rather play the Patriots in the first round than the Indianapolis Colts. I don't want to see Jonathan Taylor in the first round. No, no, I, I'd agree with you. I think that um, the Patriots, at least, you know, Mac Jones has had a good year, a good rookie season, mm-hmm. but lately. I think he's figured out. I, I I really do. I think that, you know, they've got a good running back tandem in Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, but n- nothing like, um, you know, what you're going to see in Jonathan Taylor. Right. And that's, that, that's my full, that's my sole focus on that is I don't want to see Jonathan Taylor. Uh, as we move right along, Green Bay was probably not playing anybody either. Although they said they were going to play, which is really strange. 13 and 3 Packers heading down to Detroit, take on the 213 and 1 Detroit Lions. Um, we got our boy Tommy Boyle is going to be uh, under center again. So, actually, some breaking news today um, as I was writing my piece for this game preview is that uh, Dan Campbell said that Jared Goff is probable for this game. And expect uh-huh. to see him. So good. Yeah, we, I would much rather see Jared Goff. I don't, I don't care if they lose. I would much rather see. <laughs> I would much rather see Jared Goff on the field than than Boyle. One hundred percent. But here's something to think about, Danny. So Jared Goff was a top seven quarterback in most efficiency uh, metrics before he got hurt. He was playing the best football of the season, and. If he can pick up where he left off after the break, um, when he was hurt, I I would really love to see him go out this last game, finish on a high note, and and you know I don't think the Lions were going to make a big splash this offseason at quarterback. They owe Goff a, a lot of money, and as you and I have discussed before, these quarterback prospects that are coming up in the draft are just not the headlining guys that we saw in last year's draft. So. If he can just come out, have have a pretty good game, maybe build some more rapport with these receivers and ride out into the sunset for the season, I, I think that that'd be just a, a nice story for the Lions who have had a rough season. For sure, it's you know I, I think Jared Goff has also played he's also played well enough to earn the starting position for the Detroit Lions next year because they owe him so much money. You know, I've I how many times have you seen fans in Lions groups, Brandon, where they go, oh, let's trade Jared Goff for Baker Mayfield. What? Why would you why would you want that? Uh like I I just don't I don't understand why you want why would you want a guy like Baker Mayfield who's going to command more money than you want to spend on a guy that's not going to be your future? Well, this is where things get wacky. I mean, and, I, and I'm actually seeing it now that ever since Baker's outburst against the media last week, it's like... Clickbait. Yeah, oh, it, it is. <laughs> I just love that it's like, oh, you know, well, what about Jared Goff and... Uh, second round pick for Baker Mayfield. Oh, well, what about Drew Locke and a second round pick for Baker Mayfield? You know, just because Mm -hmm. even if Cleveland is moving on from Baker Mayfield, that doesn't mean 
that they're just going to punt at the quarterback position. I mean, they're they're not in a rebuild. This is a team that I don't want to say they're up there with Denver in terms of a quarterback away, but they're a competitive team. They've got a good defense and they've got Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, you know, Jarvis Landry. They've got so many pieces in place already. They're not just going to take right. somebody else's unproven quarterback or or you know somebody off of somebody's practice squad to run their team next year i think they're right. you know they're definitely in the mix to make a splash of quarterback yeah they it, it's I, I sometimes sometimes it's fun to argue with fans sometimes it's just not that's what it boils down to to me it's, you know it's who knows Six and ten Chicago Bears, Brandon, are going up to Minnesota to take on the seven and nine Minnesota Vikings. And uh yeah. Two teams already eliminated from the playoffs. The Vikings kind of did it to themselves. I mean, they've got the talent on the team. Dalvin Cook went down. Alexander Madison filled in just as well as it seemed like Dalvin Cook was playing when when he was there. Justin Jefferson is still a beast. Yeah, they miss Adam Thielen, but you know Osborne stepped up. I don't know. I, I I don't know what to expect from this from this Vikings team. Um, I know Justin Fields isn't going to be playing on Sunday either because he's out. <laughs> yeah. So who knows, Brandon? Yeah. Who I, really knows uh, the. Uh, what surprised me about this Minnesota team is the fact that they are 31st in overall offense. I, I would just that was their that that was what did them in. You know, you you named all of the players on offense, and yeah, do they have a lot of injuries? You know, Eric Kendricks. Um, you know, they've they've got a ton of people that are hurt on that defensive side of the ball. Uh, Daniel Hunter. You know, multiple guys, but still to be 31st in the entire league. I don't know. I that's that's tough. And 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 that's the thing and you know you've got to look at like a lot of these Chicago Bears guys are going to be free agents next season too. Some of these names, Allen Robinson's probably going to there's no reason for a guy like Allen Robinson to stay there. You know, especially and I, I feel for Chicago Bears fans if they don't get rid of Matt Nagy. But Black Monday's coming, Brandon. You know, Black Monday's not very far away, and Matt Nagy's name's got to be on that list. Near the top. Yes. That- if not the I can't think of a better candidate to to lose. <laughs> it's not I don't know how to make this come out any less bad. I cannot think of a candidate better to lose this job than Matt Nagy. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think that just with his tenure and what, I, it's almost like he schemed Allen Robinson out of the playbook. I, I I don't. Yeah, we see people, you know, get to a certain point in their career and they take a big step backwards. But I don't think that's what this was. I I think he just legitimately did not have a playbook that really highlighted the receiving position at all. Right. It's. His entire coaching style is just so strange to me. It it really is. It it's it's almost like he's 
I don't want to say he's lost touch with the game because it just it appears that he's never been in touch with the game. Right. And it's and it's really sad for Chicago Bears fans. When they, when they drafted Justin Fields, I was on record going, "Watch out, Green Bay." Chicago's coming, man. David Montgomery's going to be there. Allen Robinson should have a good season. I was a huge Darnell Mooney fan coming into the season. Obviously, we knew that their defense before you know all of the injuries and stuff their defense was was always was always fantastic and i'll be damned if they just didn't get ran into the ground by their own coach yeah I, it's it was just such a weird season as a chicago fan you have to be frustrated because you know andy dalton starts the season and even though I fully believe Justin Fields showed enough in the preseason to to start the regular season. Now, granted, when he got in there, things you and I have been well documented and talking about how they've <laughs> sped up for him. But I, you take a guy that high and you almost have to start him over an Andy Dalton type of backup quarterback that really I, I don't think he's been much of a difference maker since he's been in the league I mean he, he's one of those guys that can he maintain can he tread water if your starter gets hurt yes mm-hmm. but can he you know I don't even want to compare him to some of the other upper echelon quarterbacks because it's not fair to him but can he lift everybody up around him and say let's go we're gonna go get this and I, I just don't think he can no, I don't think he can either. Um, six and ten Washington football team is going traveling up to MetLife Stadium to take on the four and twelve New York Giants. Um, the only thing that's interesting about this game is the end. <laughs> uh, look, I, it's I've been rooting for Washington. As a team, I like a lot of the players they have. I love Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, their defense, Montez Sweat, and Chase Young. Like I, I love so many of the players on their team. I cannot stand their organization. That perfectly said. I, I perfectly said. I think that you know here. Um, I, I like Ron Rivera, um, but once you get into the ownership group and things like that, this. Well, we call I called them a clown show last week, and I, I believe that. And then you look at the Giants, and maybe maybe ownership group isn't as bad, but you can't tell me what they're doing in in New York isn't <laughs> isn't a carnival as well. I mean, what? It, it, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, dude, I'll tell you what. Like, even. For me, the the I don't, know, I don't want to use the word hatred, but for me, the the dislike goes even further than just like bad draft picks and terribly and and terrible you know personnel decisions. Like, dude, your stadium literally the railing fell out, and you don't even you don't even acknowledge the people that fell. I don't care if it was like eight feet off the ground or not; they fell on concrete. <laughs> And yeah, you know what? Yeah, your security guards, they're, they're supposed to keep people off the field, whatever. 
but you don't even acknowledge them. The only person that acknowledges them is the opposing team's quarterback as he's walking. <laughs> and, and and so and and you handled it so poorly that Jalen Hurts wrote a letter asking what were you going to do for the fans that fell in your stadium because it's falling apart. So you heard me laughing, and I was not laughing at the situation. The situation's terrible. I mean, I can't imagine being a fan that overpaid for tickets, overpaid for drinks, overpaid for food. Oh, you know, and and, and you you, you pay uh, parking everything. And oh, by the way, you're not safe. So, but <laughs> right. by the by the way, uh, we're, you're gonna fall. Yeah, I, I mean from an eight foot ledge. And 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 then so Dan Snyder sits back and goes, "That's all right." Jalen Hurts got has us like what? What? You know what? That's all right. You know what we're gonna do, Brandon? Everybody fell yesterday. We're gonna release a statement. <laughs> But it's going to be about us changing our team name in February. Not anything about the the people falling. I don't care if the one guy sprung right up. Like you can't tell me that there's not bone bruises when you fall eight feet. Like it's just it's crazy to me. It just does not does not make any sort of sense how you just completely disregard everything that just happened. Hey, hey, quick, put out an announcement about an announcement. Ooh, it's gonna make yes, everything let's better. Do that. That's right. <laughs> what do you think the Washington's gonna name their team? I am on record. I, I actually posted this on the Gridiron on Tap page on ESPN's question. I said, "How about the Washington Railings?" <laughs> <laughs> um, well, oh, I'm even trying to think of what what made the final cut. Wasn't the Red Hogs one of them? Um, Red Hogs, and I think Red Wolves as okay. well. So I think. The Red Hogs are, are going to be what makes the final cut um, because that's they're already the Hogs. Yeah, yep. It, it, it's easy. Um, they could probably keep the color scheme the same, make a ton of cash selling. Because actually, I think Washington Football Team made the final cut too, didn't it? It did. Yes. Okay. I, I like that. Uh, to be completely transparent, I like that name. I'm totally okay with that name. So yeah, I, it's grown on me. When when they when they did that to address the former name, um, yeah, I thought it was lazy, and I thought it was a slap in the face at the attempt to get the name changed. But as time goes on, you know, they, it, it's I'm fine with it, and I, and and I I'd be okay with them staying that way. But you're Dan Snyder, you're a businessman, you just sold. Well. <laughs> right, <laughs> you, you you sold uh, you sold, and I'm going to say the word just to refer back. You sold Redskins equipment for, or I'm sorry, apparel for how long? Mm-hmm. And then that got put to a stop. You sell Washington Football Team apparel for a couple of years. Clean up on that. Do you keep the Washington Football Team now? And or or do you change the name? And then get that apparel boost again. That's a great question from a business standpoint. I, I, uh, I don't know. That's a that's actually that's a really good that's a really good question. I, I honestly though I I think that they probably end up do changing the name 
just for solely for the fact that everybody has a quote unquote mascot. Sure. Yep. Like you, like you, you know, what I mean? the, the New York Giants, the Jets, the Cowboys, and then in Washington we've got nothing. They're yeah. just a football team. I mean, I guess the team could double as their own mascot. Right. I mean, I, you could bring, you could make a hog the mascot if you really wanted like a physical mascot. But I don't think they need to have like uh, a surname. They really don't. You know, they they can just be the Washington football team, and that's totally fine. Fix your stadium first, then fix the team name. <laughs> right. <sighs> Nine and seven Indianapolis Colts, Brandon. <laughs> they are heading down to take on the two and 14 Jacksonville Jaguars. How does Trevor Lawrence have 10 touchdowns on the season? Oh, well. Let's start there. Yeah. I. I, I well, I will tell you that most of them happened within the first eight weeks yes (laughs) if you if you go through his game log um it's 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 been a disappointing see yes i know he's a rookie you know i and let's say that the expectations for some may have been a little bit high but at the same time you look at his first game three touchdowns second game one next game after that one then he doesn't throw one. Then he goes one, one, one again. And then three zeros, one in week eight, four zeros. And then he threw one last week. I mean, it's just, meanwhile, 17 interceptions are, are, are the result. And I think that you and I have talked about it. Urban Meyer set this team. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a head coach set a team behind as much as he did in year one. I was saying outside of Matt Nagy or <laughs> Yeah, well Matt Nagy and, and and Matt Patricia in Detroit too. I mean you, yeah, you start to look at some of these. Team. Yeah and, and but the amount of damage that Urban Meyer was able to do in one season is is jarring to me. Yes. And um you know so I, I think that you know, will Trevor Lawrence be an Andrew Luck prospect? I think now everybody's scratching their head and they're a little curious um, because they don't know what they have out of him. It, you, you've obviously got a guy who's not confident. Maybe an offseason will make him better. But wow, uh, it, it, you look at the yardage totals and the yardage totals weren't there. And this is for a team that was playing from behind 60% of the time, probably. Mm-hmm. Well, and here's the thing, though, is... I'm, we'll we'll use this as our segue into the next game, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers heading to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. We've talked about how how not Ben Roethlisberger like Ben Roethlisberger has looked this season, right? And and yeah. I'm saying that nicely because I I'm saying it nicely out a hundred percent out of respect for Ben. This is gonna be his last professional game. I don't want to be on a podcast last on his last game being a complete buffoon. So I'm 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 saying that, you know, he hasn't looked he hasn't looked like his his normal self. He has more passing yards, not by a lot, but he has more passing yards than Trevor Lawrence does. And that's where I'm going with that. Yeah. Yeah, it it's it's gotta be a disappointing season. Um 
for Trevor Lawrence, for Jaguars fans, for, you know, anybody and everybody, um, you know, <laughs> pro football focus has graded him a 56.5, which is just brutal as a starting quarterback. And, you know, I, I think he does get better. I think that with the improvement in management of the roster next season, I think that things get better. Now, with all of that being said, we've seen busts in the past. We've seen, you know, the Ryan Leafs of the world and, and these guys that were, were billed to be something that they just didn't turn out being. And I'm not saying that Trevor Lawrence is that at all. But what I am saying is that, man, a, a first season in the league like this, that's that's got to be tough because we've seen these guys that have all the skill in the world and show flashes, and then they're out of the league a few years later. And once again, I, I do not think that that will be the case with Trevor Lawrence. And I hope they manage him correctly because I, I'd hate to see a talent like that not catch on just because of a really, really bad first season. Yes, I'm with you 100%. I think that this game is actually kind of a must-watch solely for the reason that if Jags fans are actually planning on doing what they're, if they're actually going to do what they're planning on doing and all dressing up like clowns with the Shad Khan mustache <laughs> to go to this game, that's going to be a sight to see. It, it will be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, we thought it, we thought it was bad in Detroit. With fans talking about, you know, fire, sell the team, get rid of the Ford, stop going to games. You know, you mentioned it last week on the uh, on or earlier in the week on the show. You know, we had the bags over the heads and stuff. This is a whole nother level, though, Brandon. This is literally verb. This isn't just putting a bag over your head to hide your face. This is directly embarrassing the owner of the team. Yeah. Look at the profile pictures on Twitter. Go into any Jacksonville Jaguars Facebook group. Oh, <laughs> it's you want to talk about a circus? Like there's then <laughs> and I don't mean that with any sort of pun, but there is nothing but clown memes and clown emojis everywhere in these groups. And they're at least unified at this point. Like that's, that's gotta be the positive spin on this. Does it not? Uh, yeah. Well, it, it, if you're Shad Khan, I mean, that's gotta be what you're at least, at least, you know, we've got that going for us, <laughs> and, oh. uh, but you know, I, I think that the fan base recognizes what the season was for, for Jacksonville. I think that the ownership group and, Honestly, I would argue that probably most fans are excited with the hiring of Urban Meyer. Now, obviously it didn't work out, but I think that if they hit a home run with this next hire, which a lot of the names that they're interviewing sound promising, mm -hmm. I think, you know, winning cures all and they'll be fine. Yeah, I think so. Um Seven and eight and seven and one Pittsburgh Steelers going to Baltimore. We just touched on a little bit briefly. 
Uh, Lamar's already ruled out. Tyler Huntley is going to get the start again for the Ravens, who were at one point, Brandon, leading the AFC North division. And now they're technically... Are the Ravens tech? I don't think the Ravens are technically eliminated from the playoffs either. I know the Steelers are not. No, the Ravens aren't technically eliminated. The Steelers are sitting in ninth. Uh, Ravens are in eleventh. The Steelers have a better chance of making the playoffs, but it's like a 02 percent chance. So basically, this is it for Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, last game of all time. You know, we we talked about his last home game uh, on Monday Night Football against Cleveland Browns in, in winning fashion. But I think that's the take home from this game is this is it. This is the last time you're going to see Ben Roethlisberger lace up, lace up a pair of boots and take the field. Yeah. I, I think that that's a, you know, it's a huge, huge piece of football history. Um, it, it may not going into the game. A lot of people may not be considering it that, um, but we're going to see, you know, a guy who's, done a lot and honestly left a ton on the field yeah walk off of it for the last time and um on the other side of the ball i think an interesting storyline um is that i think tyler huntley could be auditioning for a potential trade opportunity you know we've talked about it in the past i've been incredibly impressed with what he's done uh with in lamar jackson's absence yeah, he's he's looked great. He he looks much more like a poised pocket passer than Lamar Jackson does. He has yeah. a, he has a uh, he just has a better feel of I don't want to say like sensibility of where he is, like field knowledge or thing, but he just seems like he's got a better grasp on the game as far as from a management standpoint than Lamar Jackson does. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. I, I think that, and who knows? I mean, obviously there's a lot that Lamar Jackson has gone through this season. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's tough to compare this season Lamar Jackson versus, you know, Tyler Huntley because you're, you're comparing somebody who's been hurt and sick most of the season to a healthy human being. So I think that, you know, I don't know if he's auditioning for the role over Lamar Jackson but there are going to be some people that make a run at, at Tyler Huntley this offseason, I am telling you. And honestly, I hope the Lions do. I, I think that it, it could be the opportunity to trade, who knows, maybe like a third-round pick, something in that realm, second-round pick even, for a guy who comes in and could be something. Yeah, I mean, even – look, trade Trey Flowers – you're going to yeah. cut him anyway. He's going to have 12 million in dead cap space, but he's also going to free up 10 million in cap space by the time you move him. Whether right. it's a cut or a trade. Throw him in because Baltimore's defense is terrible. The worst thing that could happen is Trey Flowers is a free agent after the end of next season for them. And that's it. Yeah. You know, yeah. throw attach a, attach a draft pick to it similar to, you know, how how LA did for Detroit in the trade. Hey, here's a couple draft picks, you know, to compensate for the high salary. And that's it. Move along. Cause you're going to get rid of Trey flowers anyway. So get something for him. That's what right. I look at it. Yeah. I could be wrong. Um, you know what also is interesting that I didn't think about if we go back to the Saturday game, uh, the very first game, the chiefs and Broncos, the chiefs actually would be in first place in the AFC 
uh, leading into Sunday if they beat the Broncos. The reason why I say that is because next on the slate for Sunday, Brandon is the AFC leading Tennessee Titans who have designated Derek Henry to return to the field against the lowly four and two Texans who, I mean, <laughs> this is always going to be a sleeper match. It's always going to be a sleeper to, for the, for the Titans and the Texans. It really is, you know, but if Derrick Henry somehow does get on the field, I did not look at the injury report for Tennessee to see if they designated him to return on Sunday prior for a, you know, prior to us uh, recording the show. But if he does get on the field, man, that's going to be good to see. Yeah, it, it, it will be. Um, so here's the thing. I, I think that if, if, they have to win that game that we see Derrick Henry and they win by 30. <laughs> if it's 30, eh? <laughs> man, it's, it, if it's a must win game, I think that Mike Vrabel puts the pedal to the metal and wins the game. You know, I mean, it's not just going to be your, we won by a touchdown game. I, th- I think they throttle them. Um, mm. If that being said, if, it's not a must win game, then I don't think we see Derrick Henry. And because I know he has been designated to return, I just haven't seen if he's put in any practice time, but maybe he gets a couple carries just to test out the foot and, and see where he's at. But Uh, I mean, um, he was, he was doing, he was doing pushups between bars with a 40 pound chain wrapped around his neck. I think he's game ready. At the like, I'm pretty sure Derrick Henry's ready to get in the game. Um, so they did not actually activate him today. So they will be able to obviously. Um, they have the opportunity to do it through Saturday. The deadline is 4 p.m. If they want to get him on the field for Sunday's game, so that's something to definitely keep an eye out because you know everybody lost their mind when it thought the Titans have designated Derrick Henry Henry to return. Myself included, as a fan of the game, was very excited. But I didn't actually like go deeply into what all of that was going to entail. Like they designated him to return, but did they activate him after they? De- I didn't. I didn't de- dive that deep into it. And they have until four p.m. tomorrow. Um, eight and eight, New Orleans Saints. Brandon are heading to Dirty South. Just a little bit north of them, which is really weird. Take on the seven and nine Atlanta <laughs> Falcons. Um, winning in for the New Orleans Saints. You gotta, you gotta win, and you gotta hope the Rams take care of business, and then you're sneaking into the seventh seed. I, I think they take care of business. I mean, I, I don't even know that this game. I think that the Falcons are a, a, a fraud of a seven and nine team, and and I think the Saints defense is good enough on its own to steal the game. 100% agree with you. They just got to win, and then they got to hope for a little bit of help from the Los Angeles Rams. Um, 4-12 New York Jets are taking on the 10-6 Buffalo Bills. Uh, looks like the Bills finally got it figured out. They uh, figured out how to win without having Josh Allen put the entire team on his back, which is scary as they head into the playoffs because – 
if they're now a multifunctional team, you better watch out if you're an opposing defense. Yeah, and and I think they will be. I think they found a formula. Um, you know, if 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 it's not all uh, on Josh Allen's shoulders, then you know I think a well balanced offense is the key for them to get far. And I think it's going to lead to longer drives for the offense, which is going to help that defense out because that defense has had some uncharacteristically bad games, allowing getting gashed in the run game, allowing a lot of passing yards over the middle. I think they're a better defense than what they've indicated. And if they can continue to have a well-balanced offense, I think that that's the key to them going far. Yep. I'm, I'm definitely with you on that. I, I, I'm hoping that the Buffalo Bills get it all figured out. And, you know, they have the opportunity to either be the three seed or the four seed going into the playoffs, depending on how some of these games pan out and you know at one point they were the one seed you know but at least they didn't Baltimore Ravens themselves out of the (laughs) out of the entire playoff picture I guess that's the the positive spin if you're a Bills fan uh nine and seven San Francisco 49ers Brandon we've thought we briefly touched on this game I don't know how many times throughout the (laughs) throughout the show uh are going uh against the 12 and four Los Angeles Rams the Rams are playing because they're playing for a seed. Right. That's what that's what they're they're playing for seeding because if they beat the Saints, or I'm sorry, if they beat the the for, the 49ers, they're the second seed. If they lose the 49ers, they're still in the playoffs, but now you're looking at giving the you're looking at taking on possibly the San Francisco 49ers again. In the first round, if you lose to the 49ers. So yeah, you you don't you don't want to you don't want to switch between second and third seed. Like that's you, <laughs> the object is not to dive down in seeds. You want to either remain the same or climb higher. Right, right. Yeah. I think the Rams take care of business here. You know, we did talk a a lot about Matt Stafford earlier. Um, but I, I think that they take care of business here. And I think part of that is because you've got Jimmy Garoppolo, who looks like he's going to come in and start on the other side of the ball. And man, if there's not two veterans that make questionable decisions more often than another, Jimmy Garoppolo might be that guy. Yeah. Um, Something very interesting to watch. Sean McVay officially confirmed that Cam Akers will be on the field for Sunday's game against the Niners. That is going to be very exciting. Uh, I've been waiting a long time to see Cam Akers in this offense, and I'm I'm very excited to see how that pans out. Yeah, I bouncing back from an Achilles injury, it's it's going to be interesting. Yep, uh, ten and six, New Orleans, New Orleans, New England, New Orleans Patriots. <laughs> that doesn't even sound right. <laughs> ten and six, New England <laughs> Patriots are traveling down to take on the eight and eight Miami Dolphins. Um. Unfortunately for the Dolphins, they needed to win out to make the playoffs. Obviously, they did not. So now New England is just playing for seeding the playoffs. I mean, there's at, at this point, there's you know, Dolphins are obviously going to play their hearts out. But if you're New England, there's no reason to not play your starters. You're playing for seeding. The better seed, right. the better path you have to the Super Bowl. That's what it boils down to at this point in the season. Yeah, and well, and honestly. The Patriots have done it in such a 
you know, pack your lunchbox, bring it to work kind of way. Do your job? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Hey, wow. That's weird. I wonder who said that. Um, But with that being said, the Patriots playing their starters, I don't know that there's many starters that if they got hurt would truly affect their their playoff showing do do you know what i mean like they don't have the superstars in new england they do it so collectively as a group that i think this is one team where you know even if they rested their starters like who do you rest it's true like you don't yeah you don't really know like which running back you're going to get on a weekly basis. You don't know if you're going to get a Damian Harris or if you're going to get Ramondre Stevenson. You know, uh, their wide receivers are interchangeable on, a, on a, from Nikhil Harris to Jacoby Myers on, on a, on a weekly basis. The only constant on their yep. offense is Mac Jones. Right. Who knows? Six and 10 yep. Seattle Seahawks, Brandon, our host, they are going down to Arizona to take on the 11 and 5 Arizona Cardinals. Reading is very hard for me today. <laughs> well, to be fair, Danny, and and you and I have misspoke a couple times already throughout the podcast and to, to just so everybody knows, we typically record this podcast about, oh, I don't know, 4 hours earlier than we typically or than we are right now and man, it's uh I don't know if the brain's just shutting off for the day or or, or what it is, but um, I, I'm right there with you. But hey, a couple games to get through. We're gonna gut it out and deliver strong. Yeah, I'm. We're gonna gut it out. We're gonna play on bad ankles. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I love how we talk about players that like are playing through serious injuries, and we're talking about a little bit of fatigue. on a a friday evening (laughs) yeah you know i've been i work from home and i sit all day and i'm recording this podcast sitting you know it's just one of those things real rough day at the office today brandon real rough day um arizona's favored by six and a half uh they i mean they're they they held on to the number one seed for a little while they're all the way down to five now which is kind of crazy. Um, they can get up to number three. So the the way that they would get up to number three is they win, the 49ers win. And if, if that happens, actually, what happens if Dallas wins? So if Dallas wins or loses, they're four regardless. Dallas is not moving from number four. So if, if Arizona wins, which they should beat Seattle... If the 49ers can pull off the upset, that helps the Cardinals fantastically. And that moves them all the way up to the third seed from the fifth seed. And that sends the Rams play against Dallas. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, ready for that? <laughs> yeah, that that would be phenomenal. I, I would. Oh, I, I now I'm rooting for that outcome. But um, the the Cardinals are Matthew interesting. Stafford yell home cooking while he's mic'd up <laughs> if they play in Dallas. Uh, if you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um, yeah. 
You know, the Cardinals, you were talking about the Buffalo Bills almost pulling a Baltimore. Well, this is another team that, you know, they they were uh, trying hard to really lower their seed towards the end of the season. And they saw Kyler Murray, you know, struggle through some games and obviously lost to the Detroit Lions, which unbelievable that they only scored 12 points against them. But I... I think that they get right here. I think that you're going to see a Seahawks team. Maybe Russ wants to put up, you know, a good game in what I believe is going to be his final game as a Seattle Seahawk. Uh, I know mm-hmm. that that has been met with much dismay and controversy uh, on the social media, but I believe it. I think that there's something here. I think that you just saw a different body language with uh, Russell Wilson all season long and. I think that uh, the Cardinals will take care of business and maybe you'll see a good showing out of Russell Wilson to try to to fend them off. That's how I feel. Um, we, just got, <laughs> we got more breaking news about our good buddy Antonio Brown. <laughs> oh, no. So the quotes are starting to roll out from he was on a podcast because he's just he's acting like he, nothing. Nothing has actually happened. Um, and now apparently he's taking shots at Tom Brady and he says, Tom Brady's my friend. Why? Because I'm a good football player. He needs me to play football. Brady can't do crap by himself, but you guys are going to make it seem like he's just this heroic guy. What? (laughs) Well, Oh. But but wait, there's more. If Tom Brady is my boy, why am I playing for an earnest salary? Gronkowski is his boy, right? How much did he get paid? So why is A A B on a prove it deal? Who's better than me over there anyway? Wow. I mean, you're just look, here here's the thing is I prefaced this a long time ago, Brandon, at the beginning of the show, which seems like it was forever ago, a thousand mistakes ago. I'm an Antonio Brown guy. I like Antonio Brown. But you're really making it hard to like you, buddy. You can't throw. Does Tom Brady let you live in his house so you could get a job with the Buccaneers? I, I don't don't. Don't throw that guy under the bus. You want to throw Bruce Arians under the bus, Jason Light. Don't throw the don't throw the guy who let you stay in his home with his wife and children present. Don't throw that man under the bus because you're a damn fool. <laughs> hey, Danny, can I ask you a question? Yes. Is Tom Brady Antonio Brown's agent? <laughs> right. <laughs> because does that mean that his agent isn't? His boy. I mean, if you had anything better on the table, your agent would have found it for you. Yeah, you had nothing on the table. No and teams wanted you. Tom Brady vouched for you. And I, you know, I, I know that you're a fan of Antonio Brown, and you know, I can be it's starting to trend towards was Brandon. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> Well, it, for me, you know, it's already trended there. I, I just think the it I, I can't 
there has to be some accountability at some point in time. And and it trended that way with the statement a little bit. You know, there's some things I've got to work on and yada, yada. At that point in time, if there are things you got to work on, that's the time that you're quiet. Stop talking to every microphone that gets in front of your face. And if you're going to work on yourself, like you said in your statement, then work on yourself and get yourself a job. All of the talking that you are doing now is costing you money again, and nobody is going to vouch for you to get you even a prove it deal. Stop it. Nope. You you just went against everybody that assisted you in making a return to the NFL. And, and you, you know, make your you made your bed. You got to lie in it. You're digging your own whatever cliche phrase you want. It's you know, CTE or not. Let's just say, uh, let's assume he has CTE. It has at this point. It's just you being an egomaniac and trying not to cuss, but you being an a hole. Yeah, I, <laughs> he's got a. He's got to have some people around him that keep him away from these situations. All he's doing mm-hmm. is damage at this point. And it's it's frustrating because and I'm the reason that I'm frustrated is because we're not talking about a 43-year-old receiver who's, you know, limping along down the field. We're talking about a guy who's making spectacular plays earlier in the season. And it was to your point. He was fun to watch on the football field. And and when you're watching the NFL product, that's what you're looking for. All of the antics and everything, you know, they can keep that. That's not my thing. I love to see athletes make athletic plays and and be the premier like the pristine, just, you know, athletic people that they are. You know, watching like a guy like JJ Watt in his prime run faster than me while also being the size of a refrigerator i mean these are the things that you watch for these are these are modern day gladiators yes i and and i'm not and i'm to to back up i am not the shut up and dribble guy i that bothers me too i think that these players have the opportunity to be on a platform and and lead change where they want to lead change but and, and i and i am all for it that being said as well, you've got to have some accountability. Look yourself in the mirror. And, and there's got to be somebody that is, it, it, is doing damage control ahead of time so that they're not everything is, is reactionary. And Brandon, let's also not forget, right? Like Tom Brady didn't just vouch for him in Tampa Bay. He vouched for him and got him a job in New England as well after he made that entire fiasco out in Oakland. Absolutely. Like... Come on, dude. Like enough is enough. Stop. Stop giving this guy the time of day. And that being said, just like Bruce Arians said at the end of his press conference, we're on to Carolina as the Carolina Panthers come down to my hometown now of Tampa Bay and um, take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are probably going to absolutely obliterate them because Bruce Aaron says they are not resting for the playoffs, and they are playing their hearts out for the entire game. Um, Yeah, you don't want to pissed off Tom Brady on taking the field, Brandon. No, no, you don't. And now, I mean, with these comments... (laughs) <laughs> exactly like he may have been upset before but i think he was he was probably more hurt than anything yeah now you oh 
I don't know. Mike Evans is 54 yards away from his eighth consecutive 1,000-yard season. Um, do you know how many years in the league Mike Evans has been in the NFL, Brandon? I do not. Eight. Oh, so wow. he will be eight for eight in 1,000-yard seasons. That's incredible. Um, I, I, I posed this question weeks ago. Is Mike Evans a first ballot Hall of Famer? My answer has to be 100% yes. Yeah. I, I mean, even though he doesn't, once again, we, we talk about the eye test. And at this point in, in Mike Evans' career, I think that is he going up and still like leaping and grabbing, tearing the ball away from guys and and making those highlight reel catches that he used to early in his career? Does he look as athletic? He doesn't. But what you just said about a thousand yards and eight consecutive seasons and that's all he's done all he's ever known i i think it's no brainer <laughs> yeah for sure that's that's my that's exactly where i'm looking at it is yeah the the guy beat he he has a randy moss was the was the owner of that record and he's not any longer like he that's the way good. i look at it <laughs> yeah he was decent you know oh just disgusted that i had to go over that quote sunday night football brandon Nine and seven Los Angeles Chargers, nine and seven Oakland Raiders, not going for the tie to make sure they both make the playoffs. That's for sure. They are uh, both teams' coaches are on record to say that this is not going to happen, and I'm super pumped for that. I'm very excited that it's not going to end that way. Um, Chargers are favored by three. I don't even know who I like in this game because both teams have been so up and down. I want to say Chargers, but they're not any better. They're four and three on the road, where where the Raiders are four and four at home. So they're not any better at home either. So you go, oh, good. Like I, I don't know. Well, I think that's that's pretty awesome. That in Week 18, the first ever Week 18, we get a game that's been predetermined. You know, weeks, months ago, really. Mm-hmm. And it has this much, uh, you know, riding on it, right? And almost across the board, everything is a coin flip. Yeah, right. you know, I mean, that's that's what football is all about. Now, in the situation where if a tie and they both get in, and and all of that plays out, I'd have a hard time believing things like, you know, somebody goes for two to go up a point or something like that. I think there would be a situation where you kind of play for the tie a little bit, knowing that you could, regardless of what the coach speak is. Um, I, I do like the Chargers in this one. I think that they've they have been up and down, but I think they've been up and down because they've been vastly just underplaying what their their level could be or, or what their potential is. There was one time, Brandon, where you and I said they looked like the most complete team in the NFL. I think that was like week seven, week eight. Yeah, I think you're right. And my, how the mighty have fallen in that time, in that sense, you know, it's. Uh. But and and with that, though, it's not like they experienced any major injuries or anything like that. Right. You know, and, and that's the big head scratcher, because. You know, obviously, if you're a team that loses a big piece, a Derrick Henry, which terrible example, number one seed, but you you lose a piece like that, and then you go, okay, well, I could see where they stumbled, and with them, I just don't see it. 
Yeah. I guess I got to go with the Chargers just based off of they are the better team when it when it, when it boils down to you know everything at the end. Austin Eckler is going to be out there. Keenan Allen, Mike Willett. Like it's just the team is much more talented than the Las Vegas Raiders, who have had nothing but adversity to overcome this entire season. Like, let's not forget, Brandon, we talk about the Antonio Brown stuff. Let's not forget, like, eight weeks ago, we had the John Gruden situation. Yeah. And then we had um, the Henry Ruggs situation. Right. And then we had their first-round quarterback situation. Yeah. And then some uh, another player. I, I it's the his name is coming. It's, it's not uh, ringing a bell right now. Was just nagged last Saturday for a DUI. Like moving this team to Las Vegas was a terrible decision. It seems like like these <laughs> these guys don't know how to stop partying. Like, yeah. Good lord, stop it! Stop being racist. Stop partying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I I think it's the Chargers here. I think this game is going to be. I think this is going to end the regular season on an awesome note. I see this being a shootout um, mm-hmm. and and just a lot of points being put up. And really, I think it ends up just whoever has the ball last. Um, and, and I think that the Chargers are going to be the ones that will punch it into the end zone for that last score to, to go up and move on. And that's very fair to uh... – it's a very fair way for that game to end, which would put them in the playoffs and the Raiders out of the playoffs. That's going to do it for us this week. I've got nothing else. I'm I'm physically disgusted right now, Brandon. Um, I'm going to give the producer the finger, the, the wrap-up <laughs> finger, not the middle <laughs> finger. And uh, we're going we're gonna to send off here. I'm Danny. And I'm Brandon. And we'll catch you down the road. <laughs>